This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're far too kind for tuning in to a little thing we like to call the Ball on Blast Podcast. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of the Ball on Blast Podcast, I'm joined by my guy, Andrew Webster. Webby, what is good? Luca! <laughs> Luca Mania? Are you running wild with Luca Mania, Webby? I'm all the way, 100%, both feet all in. <laughs> it's been an incredible run that he's on. And of course, this is the Ball on Blast podcast, which we talk about everything involving the NBA. We hit a little Raptors, we hit you with everything else that's going on in the nba that's fun on social media we got you know all the big storylines whether who's getting buckets like luca who's winning who's losing mvp picks mellows back all that fun stuff going on your boy ben simmons hitting a three all types of james doing lebron james type things Lots of stuff going on, right? I mean, even your boy uh, Gronk and James Corden joining the Laker girls. Lots going I don't on. Know in about the joining the Laker girls, but yeah, they're always out there having fun. I like that. Having a good time. Even Venus out there getting some moves on. Yo, Not mad at absolutely. that. Absolutely. Never. Uh, lots going on. And of course, this podcast, you can find, of course, like and subscribe wherever you found this on iTunes soundcloud google play and on youtube like and subscribe to this the ball on blast podcast which is part of the on blast podcast network where you can get this nba talk as well as a full raptors post game show after each and every toronto raptors game we got you covered if you like basketball we got you covered and also big news webby you asked me about this a while ago And now I can say that I finally delivered because the podcast, the On Blast Podcast Network, is now available on Spotify. Yeah, giddy up. Nice. (laughs) So, of course, if however you want to listen to the pod, we got you covered. No problems at all, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Please enjoy this what that we call the whole grain goodness of the ball on blast podcast listen it's not the on blast podcast network it's the on blast podcast empire at this point (laughs) taking over we're getting there we're getting there and as mentioned part of that on blast empire is the wrap it up podcast which we is the raps post game show but we do start this one with a little raptors talk Right? We got to start there. As well we should. We, we shouldn't even, you know, start it off by saying, hey, we're going to talk about the Raptors because we're Canadian-based and, and Toronto-centric. We should be starting with the Raptors because this is the NBA champion, and they're playing some of the best basketball right now that I can remember this franchise playing. This is unbelievable, Sheldon. And I don't think enough is being made right now of what the Raptors are doing and Looking at their schedule ahead, like, they're going to start getting pieces back. This could be the start of a really, really great stretch for them heading into the Christmas time. Webby, I like your energy right now. I don't know if I've I've ever heard you t- sound this hype about the Toronto Raptors, but I like it. And- Whoa, I... I'm just, I can't believe it. When they lost Ibaka, when they lost Lowry, mm-hmm. I, I sat back and I was like, well, you know... 
hey, it's going to be a great learning experience. Take your lumps. You know, most improved player two years in a row for Siakam, that would be crazy. But, bro, this is a team that is like – putting the hammer to teams, ending winning streaks for other teams, going toe-to-toe. Like, they're not afraid of anybody. Totally true. And, I mean, the wraps off to, as the time that we're taping this, which we record this Thursday night, but the Raptors are off to a 10-4 and start, 6-0 and at home. After blowout wins this week, they had so far against the Orlando Magic and against the Charlotte Hornets. I always almost call them the Bobcats. That's the level of disrespect I have for that Charlotte organization. But Raptors at 10-4. and four. If you were to tell me, you mentioned the injuries, Webby. How exactly have they done this? How have they maintained, despite the injuries, to two key parts of their championship team in terms of Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka? How have they done this? The, uh, you know what it is? I, I, honestly, I think it's coaching. Yeah. I mean, I, I I'm was never a huge Nick Nurse fan, even up in through the championship run that they had last year. Okay. I was really one of these people that said, you know, it's Kawhi. They're putting out on Kawhi. But, man, the, the thing that really stands out to me is, like, before the season even started, who was it? Was it Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Stanley Johnson? Yeah. And Nick Nurse came out to the media and he said, listen, these guys aren't playing the way I want them to play. These aren't my guys. They're not playing Raptors basketball. And I was like, wow, that's a really, really, like, kind of a damning thing to say, to yeah. put out in the media like that to two guys who, you know, were, you know, what what was, I don't know what Rondé Hollis Jefferson was, but I think Stanley Johnson was, like, top 10 draft pick. Yeah. And for him to have the kind of audacity to come out and say these kinds of things, I thought he was going to lose the locker room before the game, <laughs> before the season had even started. Now, what's happened since? With the injuries, it's forced these guys, especially Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, to come out and play nitty-gritty basketball the way Nick Nurse wants him to. And it shows that what he's talking about in the locker room and what he's preaching at practice is being learned by these young players. I totally agree. And, and you mentioned Nick Nurse as being the reason why they've gotten off to this great start. And I, I agree with you. I think what Nick Nurse has done, but what he's done with you know, being able to show that this team does have depth. Because I think that was a worry that I had, at least, heading into this season and seeing the Raptors to start off the year where they're going seven deep. Then the injuries come, but which you knew would come at some point. But all along, what Nick Nurse, the message he was trying to deliver in terms of you will only play if you play our level of defense, that paid off. Because what's happened now is you mentioned it. You got Rondé coming off the bench. He's a dog playing defense, right? He's all over the place. An absolute dog. Like, for a guy who basically Nick Nurse said, this guy's not playing defense, he's not going to get any playing time. For sure. And so now you're seeing that from Rondé. You're seeing that from Terrence Davis. You're seeing that from Chris Boucher, where these guys are coming off the bench, and they're all active, and it starts at the defensive end. And once you start your defense and turning that into offense, a game becomes really simple because you're talking about getting layups and wide open shots and exactly pushing the pace of the game and getting easy baskets. And that's what the Raptors, you know, that's how they want to play from their starting unit. But that has definitely trickled down into the depth that I didn't even really know, know that the Raptors had. And now you're talking, if you're saying Chris Boucher, Terrence Davis and Rondé Hollis Jefferson, that's three guys off their bench. Well, if Kyle and Serge come back, that pushes those guys down. 
you have some people kind of talking about a bench mob 2.0 <laughs> are you ready to, to go that far yet or no uh, I'll, I'll take you one even deeper okay whoa, 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 whoa. I, like i think that Lowry and Ibaka are still big trade chips for the Raptors. See, so I started this conversation with Q on one of the Wrap It Up episodes this earlier this week, and people started coming at me. and And the way that I phrase it, it wasn't necessarily, "Yeah, well, we're gonna you can trade these guys now." The way that I phrased it was, "Okay, so coming into this year, we all know what was on the table, right? We all know that." If things aren't exactly, you know, top two seed in the Eastern Conference or whatever, and the right offer starts coming along, you could offer up, whether it's Marc Gasol, whether it's Serge Ibaka, whether it's Kyle Lowry. Like, this isn't a narrative that's being made up right now. This was a narrative from the offseason. Everybody knew that these are all possibilities, right? And all I stated, Webby, the way that I phrased it was, now, at least if you were the fan base or if you were the organization and you were kind of worried about, well, what's our organizational depth? What do we look like if Kyle Lowry's not there? Well, you see that Terrence Davis is ready <laughs> and yeah. he might not be a starting point guard. You don't know what he is going to be fully like at his peak potential, but he looks real at this moment and you don't feel as bad as bad about the possibility of oh no what happens if we don't have kyle which i think is completely different from the start of this season no well no you are absolutely right but not only that we okay who is in ultimately in charge of the raptors roster masai ujiri masai to god masai to god exactly and when what in what masai has done through his career with toronto or elsewhere would give you the inclination that he is re- ready, willing, and able to stand pat when there are moves to be made and improvements <laughs> to be made to this team, not only yeah. for this year, but for the future. No, you're right. You're totally right. You're totally right. I mean, in Masai, we trust above all, you, you trust him to make the right decisions at whatever point of the season. But either way, at 10 and 4 at this point, we are. I'm stunned. I, I can't. I can't lie. I'm stunned at the Raptors' start to the season. And also, you mentioned the injuries. I definitely thought that would going to be the the start of the downturn. And instead, they've maintained. So my next question, and you kind of, I think I might know where you're going with this, but can they keep this up? I mean, I'm looking at their next ten games. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, keep this up for all year? Like, listen, I don't have a crystal ball, but, I mean, just (laughs) looking ahead for the next 10 games, I'm seeing maybe one, two losses before that December 11th game at home against the Clippers. And then after that, I mean, the back-to-back against Boston's going to be tough. That's a good team. But, man, I do see them keeping this up. I, I really do. And it's like, honestly, I, I got to say that I was wrong about this Raptors team. I really was. I thought that this season, like, championship hangover, there wasn't going to be much of a defense. I thought it was going to be more of a Dallas Mavericks type of situation. We got over the hump. We got our championship. Let's regroup and build for the future. But obviously, Masai and Nick Nurse and the rest of the roster didn't think that way. They said, let's put this championship line up here and let's defend it. Let's defend the North, as they say. And uh, and they're doing just that. Like, this team is unbelievable, man. 
Yeah, it, it's unbelievable what these guys have done. And can they keep it up? I don't really know, to be honest. I think that they've shown me a lot with how they've handled this injury, the injury so far, which, side note, Kyle is supposed to be reevaluated on Friday. So possibly as you're listening to this podcast, it might have already yeah. come out. But Ibaka be... might be back this weekend, right? Exactly. So they've dealt with the injuries, at least this round of injuries, right? But. I'm all about the big boy games, and there's a big boy game coming up on Monday, which we'll get to. There is but, a very big boy game coming I'll, up on Monday. I'll say this, right? So far this season, in what I call the big boy games, they beat the Lakers, and anytime you're beating LeBron, that's a big boy game. That's a big win. No no slouch there, right? You almost beat the Clippers, but you right. lost in Boston, in Milwaukee, and in Dallas, right? So, I don't know. I don't know. I judge things by the big boy game, and you got another one coming up on Monday against your Sixers, and that's how really I rate the season and how the season's going along. They've taken care of business. They've beaten teams that they're supposed to beat. They've blown out teams that they're supposed to blow out, and they look good so far, but I'm about the big boy game, so I want to see what happens then. I don't know if they keep this up. I don't even know what that means. I'm still kind of in my space of I see them – Right now they're in fourth. What did I say? Five to eight. Yeah. So I, I'm clearly wrong. I think about them being in eighth or seventh. But you know, as the Eastern Conference is kind of filtering out, what do you think, Webby? Where do you, where do you what do you think about the Raps and where they stand and how they match up against your Sixers in terms of that big boy game on Monday? Well, I, listen, I cannot wait for that Monday night game. I mean, that's well, the the Monday night football game is good. I think, uh, it, what is it, Rams and, and Ravens? And listen, we can get to Lamar Jackson in our, uh, you know, other <laughs> talk later on because holy yeah. l- lordy. But uh, that Monday night basketball game is going to be can't miss. Now, what I'm really loving is how competitive the Eastern Conference is. I think we had an idea that there were going to be some good teams. We obviously knew Milwaukee bringing – Giannis back, that's going to be a nasty uh, team to deal with. But the Celtics being as good as they are, and honestly, the Heat being as good as they are, what are they, like, ten? they're 10-3 and three as well. So, yeah, like, I'm, I'm loving how competitive the, the top end, the top six teams are in the East. But I got to tell you, as, as a Philadelphian and a Sixers fan, I, I can't tell you how disappointed I've been in the Sixers early on. Why is that? What do you think is going on, other than Ben Simmons' three-point shooting? <laughs> you mean the 100 percentage uh, three-point shot? That's, that's pathetic, man. Like, they had a standing ovation because my guy hit a three. Come on, man. Yeah, but that's because that's every, everybody and their mother goes online and says that, oh, you know, this guy can't be a real NBA player if he can't hit a three. It's still whack. He just hit a three. <laughs> what, what, what a stud. But no, I, I feel think like that if it's... you give Kendall Jenner enough three-point shots, she could hit a three. A wide open three. <laughs> Come on, man. What are we talking about right now? But you mentioned your Sixers are not playing up to par. Very disappointing. And and it could be a thing of, like, you've got to wait till guys like Josh Richardson. And, I mean, Al's been good. Big Al's mm-hmm. been really good. And doing what he does. Obviously, he's not going to go out and score 20 a game, bring down 10 boards a game. But Al does those little things that we all love him to do. But guys like Josh Richardson that they, they went out and got in the offseason I thought was going to be a lot better. And the other one is Tobias Harris. I mean, they paid all that money to a guy like Tobias Harris to, to really be a secondary scorer or a third option. And he's just not 
he's not even – like, at least Ben Simmons took the three last night. It seems like every time I'm watching the Sixers, I'm begging Tobias to pull the trigger from deep, and it just won't happen. Now, that being said, they're still up – what, I think they're tied with the Raps or game back of the Raps. They're up there in the top five, and they're going to be the entire year. That's just the talent they have on the team. Uh, and then the other big thing that they have is the big man. I mean, Joel, the one thing that hasn't been disappointing this year has been Joel Embiid. When he plays, he is absolutely one of the three, four best players in the league. You weren't disappointed in him getting tackled to the ground by uh, (laughs) Carl Anthony Towns, no? No, 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 no. Listen, Carl Anthony Towns, that's okay. But not trying to fight Markeith or Marcus Morris. I don't know which one. That's called Well, essentially, Sheldon. hold on. If you fight one, you fight both, right? So a hundred percent. As the guy in the as the guy in the gym parking lot found out a couple of years ago, right? <laughs> uh, but Markeith or Marcus not fighting them, that Sheldon is called a business decision. Okay? <laughs> Business decision. You, uh, if you see I think this, I saw that. I think I saw the quote on Twitter. He's like, he said essentially, like, I'll knock you the fuck out to Embiid or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You could <laughs> see him say it in the broadcast. Yeah, I'm not messing with one of the, because you know where they're from. Yo, no, where they're are re- they from? Off the- they're real Philly guys. Ah, okay. But yeah, okay, the, okay, Mor- okay. the Morris twins are, the Morris twins are 215 all the way live, man. You don't want to mess with those guys. I like that. 215 all the way live. I like that. I like that. That's funny, too. I like that, you know, people were pushing, pulling Embiid away, like, right away. People are trying to hold back Morris, and Morris is just, like, throwing the, like, RJ, (laughs) trying to hold him back. Like, poor RJ. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yo, he's a Canadian. He's probably saying, sorry, 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 sorry. But the yeah, uh, but the thing yeah but that the other thing that that showed me last, or the other night when that was going down was like okay so like Carl Anthony Towns is no tough guy you know because there okay. was nobody was trying to get Joel away from Carl Anthony Towns but everybody on the everybody on the Sixers had to stand in front of Joel and and the Marcus uh, Marquis for Marcus we don't I, Marcus, I, I don't really Marcus. know. It's but Marcus. Okay, it good. doesn't really matter. They're the same guy. I'm convinced they probably switch teams every once in a while just to see if anyone notices. But the funny <laughs> like, part yeah. too, there was very <laughs> minimal, you know, woofing up the crowd by Embiid after that as well, right? No, exactly. <laughs> there's none of that shenanigans. There's no Hulk Hogan to the ears. No hyping up the crowd. None of that was going on for some reason. I I, I don't know why. I don't know why Webby. I don't know. <laughs> They just, I mean, I, I love watching Embiid play. He's just, uh, when he is going, he's unstoppable. But it's the other pieces around him uh, that need to get going if the Sixers want to fulfill these aspirations of getting to the NBA Finals. Well, the thing is, the Eastern Conference is a lot tougher than people think it is, right? Because At the beginning I, of the season, for sure. I mean, you look well, at what Boston's been doing. They thought they were going to be in the, you know, a 500 ball club or like, not 500, but no. you know what I mean, like fifth people seed, People thought Boston seed. would be all right. People thought Boston would be a solid team. They'd be in the top half of the Eastern Conference. I just think that they're as good as people thought they would be. I still think they're better than people thought, right? Like the losing Kyrie factor has proven to be <laughs> a lot more than we thought. <laughs> let's I mean, say. really? Like, man, is is that a weird situation? And is he he must be a really weird cat in person to like play with eighty two games a year. 
Well, if you think about it, the Celtics are better without Kyrie and the Nets are worse with Kyrie. So I don't know. Hey, these are just the facts, right? I'm, I'm just looking at the standings and these are just the facts. Tell me you the know, lie. Not, <laughs> Show me the lie. Not only that, but like, what is that offense going to look like when it's Kyrie and KD? I don't know, man. It, the, the weird thing too with the Celtics, because first off, that Celtics Clippers game was incredible. Oh, absolutely incredible both, basketball. Listen, both games last night were incredible for different reasons. I'm sure we're going to get into the early game mm-hmm. a little later on, but that late game was so worth staying up for, man. They were going, oh, yeah. that was like a heavyweight fight. Oh, yeah. And and the thing, too, that I was going to bring up was they played a clip where Kyrie, Kyrie, Kemba, sorry, was mentioning how his teammates were telling him, no, we need you to shoot. Like he was playing like super tentative early on and kind of trying to fit in. And they're like, no, 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 we need Kemba, <laughs> right? Like we need you to take those shots. We need you to be aggressive. We need you to do that, which seems like completely counter to everything that's Kyrie, right? Like you didn't have to ask Kyrie to shoot because <laughs> Kyrie was shooting. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Tell him whatever you want. He's going to shoot. But like, exactly. and and that's what I was uh, – like, the other great quote that I heard the other day was that, like, Kemba was like, oh, it's so crazy to have um, – who was it? Was it Marv or somebody call the game? Or maybe it was even Breeze. Oh, yeah, no. It was, it was uh, the Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson, Kemba that's what it was. Kemba was how it was the first time Mark Jackson called one of his games. <laughs> no, and to be that – and to have that hunger is an yeah. awesome – um, yeah. kind of conduit for guys like Tatum and Brown as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. because I think that Kyrie may have came in last year or two years ago and be a little like, oh, you know, I'm top dog here. Mm-hmm. I've won championships. I played with LeBron. You know, not really having that hunger that a guy like Kemba, who's so humble and, like, been playing in Charlotte his whole career in front of nobody. Like, I'm sure that the young guys see that in his eyes and feed off of it, you know? Yeah. Totally true. Totally true. And the Celtics have looked good. You mentioned that game against the Clippers and just the way that it was back and forth. And, you know, Marcus Smart and what he brings to that lineup in terms of just that defensive guy, that hard-nosed defender, that grittiness to steal like a hockey term. But you know what I mean? Like, he brings a sandpaper to that team. And for a team that, for the most part, when you think of the rest of them, pretty finesse squad, right? Like Kemba, Jalen Brown, Tatum. And obviously we know that Hayward's hurt, but Tatum and Brown have, are off to a great start, both right around 20 points per game over their last recent run. And it's just, Boston looks really good, man. Really, really good. Okay, you got to choose one. Marcus Smart or Patrick Beverly? Ooh, I got to go Marcus Smart. Because See, I, gotta, I go with Beverly, man. Yo, Beverly had a great game, and Beverly was absolutely hilarious in that game. But Beverly he's, sometimes, like, he might be the most entertaining. He might be the most honestly, like, uh, take away like your superstars, your LeBrons, yeah, your yeah, Lucas, yeah. the guys. They, there's nobody more fun on like a fourth, fifth best guy on the floor at a given time than Patrick Beverly. For he's sure. fucking hilarious, man. Yeah, he he's so funny and he's all over the place. I think Those Beverly are what I call them. has the the shenanigans though, right? Like he's yeah, more yeah. up the crowd. No, Smart. Yo, Smart's got the shenanigans too. Just true. No, it's true. The, it's a these tough are one. guys. I mean, I, I call them play and Tim's guys. 
Yeah, they're definitely on the all Timberland team, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the all Timbo team, is that it? Yo, that sounds, they are two of the and, but that's the that's like the uh, Brian Burke truculence right there. <laughs> you kind of need those guys, right? And if you look at, like, uh, I hate to bring this back to the Sixers. You look at the Sixers, Sixers don't have, the, that guy is Embiid. Yeah. And that's, you don't want your superstar to be that guy. What did Simmons used to call it? The irrational confidence guy? Irrational confidence guy. Right? And it's like, they could miss all the shots in the world. And it doesn't matter. They're shooting the next one. But also... They think that they can defensively stop anyone in the league. Anybody. One to five. Doesn't matter who it is. And that part is hype. And I do agree with the fact that you need one of those guys on your team. And I'll say this about Beverly. Him, Kawhi, and Paul George, that is, yo. Nasty. Yeah. The Clippers are a problem. (laughs) Like, a problem. Okay, right now, right now, seven game series. Who do you take, Clippers or Lakers? Oof. I still need to see more from the Lakers to know what I, they actually I, are. I try to watch. I'm I'm trying to stay up every Lakers game. There's so sure. much fun to watch, and honestly, it's you know because KCP every time he makes a bucket, it's like Bill, it's like uh, Ben Simmons hitting a three pointer. <laughs> the whole bench goes nuts. But man, I will tell you right now, the two best players to watch right now mm-hmm. are Luca and LeBron. Yeah, I mean... They are just on different... LeBron is on a different level this year. It's insane. <laughs> that clip of LeBron talking trash to the ref. Oh. Where I guess the ref called foul on him or whatever. Yeah. And LeBron's yeah. like, hey, I know you're used to me not playing defense for the last few years, but... <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. But I don't know, man. LeBron, LeBron is on a roll, but... It's LeBron, and we almost take him for granted, even though it's year, what, 17? But Luka, Luka, we got to remind ourselves, Luka doesn't turn 21 until February 28th. He just became the fifth player in NBA history to average a 30-point triple-double over the course of 10 games. 10 games of averaging a 30-point triple-double. That's work. And even the way that he did it, Webby, was... It was just insane because he's going against the Warriors who, hey, if you listen to this pod, you know I'm taking a lot of <laughs> – I'm enjoying this Warriors season. <laughs> me too. Sure. Me, me too. But Luka went out there, and he had more points, rebounds, and assists than the entire Warriors team in the first quarter. That's insane. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. But Bro, Luka's just he... on such a run. And anytime you put yourself in the same category as the names he joined, right? We said fifth player. Names he joined. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Oscar Robertson. That's crazy. It's like, it's, Mav games are like Lakers games to me now. Okay. They are must-see television. Because you look at what uh, the other pieces on this Mavericks team are doing. Like, they got Porzingis, and he's been trash. Like, they're... Yeah, you could tell he's still working his way back. Their team is is ungood. And (laughs) Luca Luca puts this team on his back. He does. And and it's like, bro, the step backs... The pat, you know, some of the passes that he's making are unbelievable, and we've been joking for a while since last year, since he came in the league, of like, is he, what is it, is he pudgy or white? But like, 
I've been <laughs> impressed this year by the athleticism that I've seen from him. Like, from from a guy that's that size, and, like, he could be like Jokic, right? I think Jokic is now a pudgier white guy. But Well, the, th- the thing to me with Luka, right, is that he's so mature for such a young kid. And what I mean by that is most superstars in this league, the reason why they're successful is because they're playing at their pace. So even if you're LeBron, LeBron's going, he's starting and going at his own pace and controlling the tempo the entire game, right? James Harden, he's scoring his baskets at his own pace. He's going to get to 35 at his own pace on the step backs, whether he's up faking and driving, but it's at his pace. You can't stop him. Luka Doncic, as you mentioned, he does everything for that team. The rebounding numbers are insane. The dimes are crazy. And you mentioned the and step And who backs. he's passing to is beyond me. Who he's oh. passing to is, I have no idea. They, they have, have one guy Finney just in Smith the corner. Yeah, they have one guy. Well, no, they have uh, DeLon, right? Yep. And then they have one guy who just stands on the corner and misses corner threes. Oh, I watching think it's the Finney game Smith. last night. The guy didn't hit one. They got the other <laughs> Canadian, too, Dwight Powell. Powell, Ooh. yep. Good. He tosses us a yeah, couple like, oops at Powell a night, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, when you're playing with Luca, you can be those chumps and, like, put up <laughs> numbers, man. It's nuts. And the other thing is, he's not even playing, like, his minutes per game, like, they're they're trying to limit them as much as they can. Like, uh, you would think at 20, well, you, you could roll them out there for 40 minutes a game. Well, the crazy part about that Warriors game was he was the first player to average a third, or sorry, to get a thirty-five point triple double in under twenty-five minutes. Yeah, under twenty-five <laughs> minutes, bro. They brought they brought him out for the second half, and he went like three, three assist, steal, finish, and then they brought him out. They were like, "That's it." <laughs> it's so crazy, uh, but as this triple double watch continues, I find it so funny. How we're enjoying the Luca double, the Luca triple double watch, but if I remind people, it wasn't too long ago that we were hating on Russ's triple double watch and talking we, about Russ no. chasing stats. Not, we never not were me. hating on Russ. Hold on, not me, and maybe not, not me. you, but there's a lot of people in the basketball world talking about Russ stat chasing to get triple doubles, and we seem to be enjoying Luca doing it for some reason. I'm just I bringing enjoy- this up. I enjoy everybody. I enjoy everybody going after triple doubles. Please hey. pad your stats. It's more fun that way. Webby, I'm with you, but I'm saying if there's people listening to this right now and they think back and think that they were hating on Russ, but they like Luca, I'm just saying you need to ask yourself a couple other questions here. That's, That's right. All. Absolutely. Some That's Mason Rudolph say. related questions. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Jeez. I'm not even going to touch that one. <laughs> uh, the other one, that. so the the thing is, so I was tweeting this the other day, too. Yeah. It was like um, All-Star Weekend. Okay. Okay. It's been going on for so long. Okay. We need to shake it up. I need a one-on-one tournament. Oh, wow. I need a one-on-one tournament, and I need the first round to be Luka against LeBron. I want to see those guys play first to 11 uh, guys try. That's a that's a problem. I just I want to see LeBron take on Luca one on one. That'd be we'll the f- half court would be the fucking best. Well, Luca and LeBron on the same All Star team that's going to be pretty cool. But I yeah I, absolutely. But give me the, I need the one on one. And like you put you throw Harden in there too. 
Give me a come little on. Siakam. Know, hold on. We know what Harden's about come All-Star weekend, okay? And it's not <laughs> the All-Star game. <laughs> it's not playing basketball. I'll tell you that. Where is the All-Star game this this year? I don't know. I, I can't even remember. Let me look it up. I um, need to know. That but, I'm sure that the talent's going to come to you there. True. True. NBA All-Star 2020 is in... Why won't it show up on... Oh, Chicago. That's not uh, bad. It, not bad. I don't know if Chicago's known necessarily for its gentlemen's clubs. What, do, what are you trying to say? Who who's going to gentlemen's clubs? What were you talking about? Hold on. Let me <laughs> let me roll that back because you know who's from Chicago. You know who's an original Chicagoan. Uh, Anthony Davis. Hugh Hefner. Oh, <laughs> well played. Well played. Well played. Well played. Putting that one out there for you. So we're we're talking about Luca, the great start Luca's off to. You're comparing him to LeBron. We're talking about all star games. Comparing to all the greats. Comparing him to to Russ. Comparing him to Larry Bird. Comparing him to Magic so Johnson. Let me, He's just got that. Let me ask power, you something. Man. Let me ask you something here. Luca's on this crazy run right now. Can he win MVP? Mm, you're thinking. You're thinking. Not, it, it, well, so I think that the we talked about how sustainable the Raptors start is. Yep. I think the Raptors' uh, good play is far more sustainable than Luca's triple double and what he's doing. Okay, that's fair. I that's think Luca is going to come back down to earth, and it doesn't mean that he is not one of the most entertaining players in the league. But I don't think unless he does. Well, I mean. We saw Russ averaged another triple-double, what was it, last year, and wasn't even mentioned for MVP. Yeah, it's insane how that went down. So but... I don't I don't know if the triple-double necessarily gets him there. I would think that the Mavs have to be really good, like at least make the playoffs, maybe like finish above 500 would be a start. But, I mean, if LeBron stays healthy and the Lakers keep playing like the way that they're playing, I think that our – one of our predictions is going to become true, whether so, it's going to be Davis wins the MVP or LeBron will. Okay, so that's a full season MVP. Cool. But if I say teams are around the 15-game mark of the season, average, right? Rough average. Who's mm-hmm. the MVP right now? Do you give that to Luka or is that Bron? Uh, and like, we haven't even talked about Harden. Well, like my Harden, pick is Harden. <laughs> Harden's, Harden's averaging 40 points a game. It's, yeah. it's incredible. It's like the first time. Well, that would be the first time since, what, Will? Averaging 40? It's and insane. They've been, he, and they've been on a roll, too. I mean, he's had a few off games, so his average is just over 38 points per game right now. Oh, but, okay. So, geez. <laughs> um, was it Russ the other day? Russ was talking about how you know, we're taking James Harden for granted and we're almost normalizing these 40-point games that Harden consistently puts up. And we were wondering how this, I mean, I wasn't wondering, but a lot of people were wondering how this Russ-James Harden dynamic was going to work. Was Harden's scoring numbers going to go down? How is Russ going to fit in? And, I mean, so far, Harden's doing Harden, as mentioned, just over 38 points per game. And after... They're on a good run. They lost to Denver. Denver leapfrogged them in the standings, and now you have Denver at two, Houston at three. But 11-4 and four starts of the season for the Rockets. Is James Harden your MVP? 
Mm, oh, it's so tough. <laughs> uh, it, it's like it's like just under forty a game. But then look That's at the insane. East. But then look at the East and look what Giannis has been doing, man. Still, man, thirty-eight is... points per game, Webby. Like that. That's not real numbers. That's video game numbers. Like people don't do that. That's not right? even video game numbers. That's video game with the uh, with the level turned on easy numbers. <laughs> like think about this. You, you mentioned Giannis, okay? Imagine James Harden averaging eight full points more per game than Giannis. <laughs> eight. Not... That's a lot of points. It's crazy. Now, do you what do you think he finishes the year at points per game wise? It's so weird because I I think Houston needs him to get buckets. Like that's just what James Harden does. And people were wondering if Russ was going to mess that up and just in terms of Russ taking his shots, but Russ is still getting his shots. Russ is yeah. even shooting well, but Russ is still getting his shots up and it's not affecting James Harden scoring at all. So do I see him averaging over 35 this year? Yeah. Could it be closer to 40? Probably not, because I think that's just way too difficult. Unsustainable. That's a, that, yeah, that's crazy. That's a toll on the body that in this modern NBA, especially where there's you know so much talk about rest and load management, not that Harden does that, but that takes a lot, a lot of energy to do that night in, night out. And at the pace of play that the NBA games are played at now, yeah, I don't know. To, to put up 40 a night, Enjoy the ride for sure because it's a crazy ride that Harden's on, but he can't sustain 40 points a night. It's nuts that we're even talking about somebody <laughs> scoring 40 <laughs> points per game in a for a whole season, man. It's so crazy to look at the NBA standings this year because you don't know who's going to win or what's going to happen. Like it, it's so odd. But if I told you, so in the in the West right now, okay, it goes Lakers, Nuggets, Rockets, Clippers, then mm-hmm. Mavs. Jazz, Suns, <laughs> T Wolves, <laughs> like this. Yeah, the Phoenix Suns have been a great story this season. And then, if even if you go to the flip side and go to what's going on in the East, I mean, the Pacers still holding fort without Depot, and he's coming back soon. Coming back soon, big story. And you just see these things in the league where there's so many good teams, and so many more teams are playing that up and down fast tempo. I mean, that's what's turned it around for the Suns. Just Monty Williams spreading the floor, opening things up. They got Ricky Rubio to kind of move Booker off the ball, try to get him some more easy baskets. And, you know, they talk about their offense and how they're cooking it in terms of you get the ball, you basically have half a second to make a decision. Like, there's no ball stopping. And that's kind of the entire league right now. And it makes for fun NBA basketball night in, night out. Pretty much with whoever you're watching play, no, no, and that, yeah, absolutely. I'll back to the Suns really quickly too. They in what like, I guess they would have another like 17, 18 games without Aiton. Like they're going to get uh, Aiton like back that, yeah. too, yeah. which yeah. is going to be huge. But then yeah, the other thing is too. Like I can't remember the NBA with the talent pool being this deep since like early nineties. When you had like Kemp and Morning and all these guys, like the teams were awesome. Jordan and Shaq and uh, Barkley on the Suns and Drexler, like the the talent pool for these teams are now so, for the league is so deep that every night, no matter what matchup that you turn on, mm-hmm. you're going to be entertained because the the guys are 
playing a beautiful style of basketball. But And think about the fact that you just said that, and you're playing a season without Kevin Durant, yeah. Steph Curry, Steph Curry, and Clay Thompson. Yeah. Right? Like, it's it's fun. And what Kawhi and the Raptors really did was they brought parity back to the NBA, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, but speaking of being back in the NBA. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Yeah. Someone's made their return. He's, he might not be an MVP. He might have been in contention for MVP a couple years ago, maybe five years Many ago. Many moons so. ago. <laughs> but Carmelo Anthony is back in the league as he signed with the Portland Trailblazers. And I know they're currently playing right now, but are you happy to see Melo back in the league, Webby? Uh, I mean, hold on. You have to think about it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because um, like, I think Melo's time has been done. Like, like the, the, the worm has turned on Carmelo Anthony's NBA career. I'm going to give you an, I don't know. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to give you an update as we're, as we're doing this podcast live right now. Yeah. If you're talking about, you look at Carmelo, this game is about to end and you know, Blazers are about to lose, but you look at Carmelo's stat line, and he's going to finish with 18 points on 6 of 15 shooting, add in 7 rebounds, add in 4 assists, he hit three threes. I mean, to me, I'm just happy to see Melo running back down the court after hitting a 3 and banging the 3 fingers into his, yeah, four, yeah, into his temple. Yeah. Like, I like seeing that in the NBA. I, I'm, I'm happy for Melo to see Melo back because... I know it was self-inflicted how he ended up out of the league in terms of not being able to adjust to not being the man anymore, but yeah. I still wanted to see him go out a different way. So I'm glad he's getting another opportunity. Is he going to stick with this team for the entire year? So Does he finish out the season? His deal is only guaranteed like it's partial guaranteed that i think he gets if he remains on the roster through january if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. so i mean here's here's a problem the blazers need someone then the blazers need bodies yeah so right now mccullum is carrying the load because uh damian lillard is hurt right now so he's missed the last two games and Melo's played in those two games, started in those two games, and yes. they're letting Melo cook. Like, it's not like they've eased him in. Well, they don't really stretch. have another choice, right? <laughs> so, like, they don't have much other scoring outside of McCollum. Like, Rodney Hassan Hood. Whiteside ain't it, <laughs> Chief, you know? like Even if you look at this game, and McCollum with 37, but off the bench, it's Scal Abissier with 22 points. Oh, that's so. a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> right? So... Tough times in Blazerland, but at the end of the day, I, I root for Dame Lillard because I like Dame Lillard as a player. I like him and McCollum as a tandem. And adding Melo to that, I just want to see Melo go out on better terms than how it ended in OKC or in Houston. So I'm happy to see Melo back in the league. The other crazy thing about this is looking at that draft class. Okay. And Wade retired. Bosh retired. Retired. Mm-hmm. Um, your boy uh, Darko long gone. <laughs> um, Mello, you know, bouncing around other teams. Yeah. And then LeBron James, who's top three player in the league right now, still killing it. 
It's nuts, man. <laughs> it's crazy. That's why I watch these Laker games. Like, I'm not even a Laker fan, but just to see somebody my age dominate like that, he can still get to the cup any time he wants. Yo, the dunks that, that he's thrown down this season already, it's just, yeah, I don't know how LeBron's doing it. I really don't, but it's one of I don't those know things why where... I don't know why they're testing Danny Green's pee and not LeBron's. There's what so much Danny I Green, want to say right there. And what did Danny Green? What did Danny Green say when he had the he had the the putback dunk and he was like, he had that's the why one dunk, yeah, yeah. And he's like, that's why you get drug tested right afterwards. <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. But bottom line, it's been a great NBA season so far, and. We have so much fun talking about all just the different twists and turns and storylines going on in the league. I'm sure there's going to be more. Oh, there always is. There always is. But another thing we like to do at the end of this podcast each week is just talk a little bit about or something we call Ask On Blast, which we just talk about stuff outside of basketball. Basically, though, I end up asking you, Webby, what are you watching right now? What am I watching? Oh, man, you know what I'm watching? The Mandalorian. I'm watching. I'm getting my nerd on, watching the uh, watching the Star Wars show that came on Disney Plus. Now I don't have Disney Plus, and I'm not saying I'm doing any illegal streaming, but I may have found a few episodes online. And let me tell you, if you love Star Wars at all, uh, you got to check this out because I don't know how like uh, uh, if you watch any of those old samurai movies back in the day. Um, okay. but like the Wu-Tang and like Jizzy used to put a lot of those like little clips from the old Kung yeah. Fu and Samurai movies in there. So the one from Liquid Swords that's all over that album is from this mm-hmm. series called like Lone Wolf and Little Cub. Okay. Anyway, this Mandalorian is basically like that only in the Star Wars and the baby is a baby Yoda. <laughs> Spoiler alert for those out there who haven't seen it yet. But it's amazing. I love it. So I'm watching that, and I'm watching The Watchmen. The Watchmen, I think I talked about it last time. So good. You did. So good. Your Um, girl, Regina King, is just unbelievable. I'm in a weird spot, Webby, I can't even lie to you, where I want to make fun of whatever Star Wars thing you're watching, but I really can't because I don't know how this happened. But You're watching it too. No, 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 no. Lately, all I've been watching, and like just to give a little insight of how my <laughs> nights end up lately, like I'll come home, do the raps post game pod, and while I'm editing, I'll just throw something up on the TV. And if there's no late night basketball on, which most nights you got Lakers or Clippers going on, right? Yeah. But once that ends, I just throw on something so that something's on in the background while I'm waiting for stuff to upload. Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. On in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it. So follow me for a second here. <laughs> what I've ended up falling into and now catching myself not being in those situations, but now looking for more episodes when I'm just watching TV. All I've right, fallen back in me. love with the show House. Oh! I don't know Omar how this Epps. happened. I really don't know how this happened. With, but with I love House, that show. That is a blast from the past. I know. I know. Listen. And the thing was, when that show was on, I loved it. It was such a good show. I would watch it every week. You know, back when that's how we used to consume television, right? But now it's like I'm going back and watching all these episodes, and it's so funny because it's so well written. He's such a jackass character. It's so fun of a show, 
Oh, he was brilliant. Like, he was brilliant in that show. Oh, it's so good. But on top of that, there's so many things now that I'm watching and I'm like, I don't know if you could say that on network television anymore <laughs> in 2019. Just in terms of some of the like off-the-cuff jokes he makes about his female boss. Right, and I'm just like a oh, different climate. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that gets through the Fox censors in 2019, but it's pretty funny show, and I I love that show, and I I stand by this. The season when he's picking his new team, and he has like the 20 like interns or whatever. I'm doing air quotes, and he's like yes. dwindling them down every week. That is one of the funniest seasons of television. Period. And also, every time I see Olivia Wilde, I think of Bill Simmons. Because yeah. of the great, you know, prediction that Bill Simmons made way back when, whatever season that was of the OC. Do you know what I'm talking about? So way back what, when about on the Olivia OC, Wilde I know you had when, to watch the OC, yeah, be, right? Because she was, uh, wasn't she dating Misha Barton's character yes. or something like that? So the yeah, OC, yeah, yeah. well, the OC was like the hottest show at the time. Like it was a smash hit, right? Yeah. When it was, it was like the new 90210. And Misha Barton was one of the, she was like the it girl. And Bill Simmons at the time, because the storyline was she started dating this bartender who was Olivia Wilde, who wasn't yep. famous yet. We didn't know who she was. But at the time, Bill Simmons, I remember this saying, like, how mesmerizingly beautiful Olivia Wilde was and that he predicted yep. that she would have a better career than Misha Barton, which made no sense at the time, because here's this actress we'd never seen before. And Misha Barton was the hottest thing moving at that time. And then fast forward, and and now yeah. Olivia Wilde is like directing movies and oh, a yeah. bona fide like superstar. I I remember when the All Star Game was in Toronto, uh, through work and all that. Like I went to the All Star Game, but I remember one of the people like I was most excited for when I was like, oh, there's whoever it was Olivia Wilde, and she's dating or married Sudeikis. to Jason Sudeikis, right? Yeah, I remember. I was uh, like, oh, that's cool. I want to say he's an Oklahoma guy, but he might be a Kansas guy. Okay, okay. Well, but he's from way. around there. Either way. Either way. TV watching, Dr. House, I'll always recommend that for people to watch. Or I'll prescribe that. Hey, see what I did oh, there? Ah. I see. But one more thing. One more thing. So not uh, not TV, but okay. movie. Okay. I got a good one. <laughs> now, listening. okay. I don't know where you're at with things like subtitles and foreign movies. No, I'm okay. But the best movie I've seen this year, called Parasite. Okay. Okay, same director. You ever see Snowpiercer? No. Uh, the South Korean guy. It's a South Korean movie. Okay. And it's about a poor family and a rich family. And the poor family kind of infiltrates the rich family. Mm-hmm. And then something happens. And it gets awesome. I thought you were going to say it's, weird. <laughs> well, it I does definitely it definitely gets weird for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. It is sick. I can't I can't uh, recommend it enough. It's definitely going to be nominated for best picture. Okay. Okay. So well, go and last recommendations. That's yes, what we got. On, we're we're recommending House and Parasite. <laughs> Sounds good. And you know what? We're also recommending that you tune into the Ball on Blast podcast again next week. How about that? Does that sound like a good recommendation for the people? hundred percent. But the other thing too, we need to put this out here. Okay. Okay. I need, new, I need new music. New music. 
I need new music. I'm, uh, the last great thing that I've heard this year is the the baby oh, album. I thought you're. T- oh, see, I can't get the. the yeah. No, to sound like no, a real go- old man. No, 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 no. The baby is this album that just came out. I think it's called like Keith or something. It's awesome. Okay. It's okay, real good it shit. I'll give it a listen. But I need to, I need some new stuff. And I, if you tell me to listen to J Cole, I'm just gonna hang up. <laughs> okay, so here's here's what we'll tell our listeners to do. Give us what you guys are listening to, guys and girls, whatever you guys are listening to, what's on your Spotify playlist, what's on your Apple Music playlist, whatever it is. Hit up and Webby. I'm open. Hit us up in the I'm, mentions. Let I'm us know open. what we should be listening to. Webby, where can the people hit you up, though, to, to give you said recommendations? Give me music recommendations at a Webster 84 on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander. Or on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Of course, uh, if you do like basketball and you like the Toronto Raptors, at Shell Alexander on Twitter. We got this thing called the Wrap It Up Podcast, our On Blast Raps Post Game Show. That podcast and this podcast you can find anytime you like, on demand, on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, YouTube, and Spotify now. Just search On Blast Podcast. Got you covered. Thank you guys for liking and subscribing and sharing the movement and jumping on the wave that is basketball talk on blast. Right? We I need to know who's had the hottest take on the on the Raptors podcast. <laughs> who's had the hottest take? I don't know. Who's had the hottest take? The takes are hot, like, man. You gotta come in you gotta come in the comment section know, on YouTube. It's it's a thing, man. It's a thing. There are people in there. there. People I are know. not holding back. I love it. I love it. They don't like when we say trade Lowry, right? No. Oh, no, 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 no. They're trying to win another championship. They're trying to repeat as NBA champs right now. And, hey, I'm just I'm just saying, hey, let's just play it out and trust in Masai. Let's play it out. Trust in Masai, man. <laughs> but as always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Ball on Blast podcast. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Peace. This is Ball on Blast, part of the On Blast Podcast Network. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla.